my thing from the very beginning has always been I want to prove this with our own money before we start taking anybody else's money on. Uh, having been through a few different um, businesses myself, having seen you know things with my dad growing up or what, what have you, I think you, you've got to be willing to put your money where your mouth is. Welcome to the Fanit podcast. It's a new year and we've got a new episode with James Jones, the founder of app to pay We talk to him about jumping from retail to finance, the importance of prototyping your idea and how app to pay empowers customers to make great purchases. Check it out. So, hi James, welcome uh, to the Found It podcast. Thanks for coming on. Um, so, just to, um, so everyone listening uh, knows, uh, if you could just lightly introduce yourself and also tell us um, why did you want to be an entrepreneur? What drove you to uh, become an entrepreneur instead of just pursuing the standard nine to five like most people? Uh, so, yeah, I'm James Jones, the founder of App2Pay. Um, what inspired me to be an entrepreneur um i think really my um my whole family is very entrepreneurial uh, on both sides my mum and dad's side um dad's always had different businesses on the go uh with varying sort of levels of success and uh i think growing up there was always uh, something cool happening in the house uh and it just always made me made me sort of want to go down that path from a very, very early age, um, I was trying to put stuff together, start different clubs, start different um, shows and stuff like that. I used to do dog shows in the garden, uh, charge kids like a pound for entry. Um, this sort of, sort of story my parents like to tell. Uh, we went to Canada um, and I saw garage sales. I got back home, tried to do one. Nobody wanted to buy anything. I took, every, took everything inside, wrapped it up and did a raffle instead. So it was all the same crap nobody wanted. Uh, and we, we sort of got rid of it that way. Uh, so, yeah, it was just always um, a bit of creative thinking and uh, seeing seeing what my dad was doing and trying to emulate that. Cool. So what did your dad do? So growing up, he had a chain of video rental stores. Uh, oh, he wow, I remember to, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Old school. So he went from uh, having a rack of videos in like a local post office to having, I think at his peak, he had 28 stores around Yorkshire and Nottinghamshire. Wow. Um, so he was, yeah. Um, he just sort of dominated this area uh, as a as an independent from a for a video rental um, perspective, um, and was really just pushing forward with everything he does. He he's, he wants to do it to the absolute best of his ability. Um, so yeah, growing up, that was that was kind of what we saw. Uh, me and my sister, that is. Um, he was the president of the Video Rental Association. Association. Uh, so he he was going to all like movie premieres and doing cool stuff like that. Um, and I just kind of figured, well, growing up, I, I figured you don't really get that doing a sort of normal job. You've got to be the guy uh, that's trying to make the whole thing happen. Um, so, yeah. So you had access to all the latest videos then? We, we So, yeah, our house was full of all, you know, like all the cardboard <laughs> cutout posters. There's yeah. uh, pictures of me as a kid with... Um, all the home alone stuff oh, wow. all, all like the memorabilia and what have you uh, it was it was really cool and all video games as well uh, i wasn't particularly into video games but we'd get them a couple of days early uh, which would be great now <laughs> make some real money then so what, uh, what was the name of that what was the name of the um, the store uh, it was clearview videos oh, i think i remember it they we uh, they i think they had one out at ollerton uh, would have been nottinghamshire way uh, but loads around doncaster and south yorkshire um, pretty much every every sort of local high street had one so I guess Blockbusters would have been your, the the competitor. Was Blockbusters around then? It was, but was yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So dad, the reason Dad was the president of the Video Rental Asso- Association was he was big enough to 
understand the problems and challenges of the big guys like Blockbuster, but also small enough to empathize with the you know, one man shop independence. Um, but equally, Blockbuster didn't see him as a threat so much. Um, and uh, you know, equally, and, and the smaller guys could, could still relate to him. I feel like there's an education piece there that you probably looked at that as well, because I think it was as we was talking about your startup, obviously your space is finance. It's huge. There's a lot of big players in it. And I guess you're coming out from a different sort of angle, very similar to that. Yeah, very much so, I guess. Um, I think when when uh, when we look at who our competitors are at to pay and you say, you know, the one that springs to mind is Klarna, um, it's quite a scary um, opposition to go up against, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it, it, to me, the market's huge, so the opportunity's huge. So there's room for room for plenty of people. And if you've got the, a, a unique offering, which I believe we do have, um, yeah, I think there's room for success there. So do you think that those early lessons that maybe you kind of maybe picked up subliminally from your dad, like obviously being around him as a kid, do you think those early lessons of being an entrepreneur kind of fed into what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm lucky. Uh, dad works in the works in the shop. I get to see him every day. Um, so yeah, in that regard, yeah, I'm still learning from him. Uh, but yeah, from, from a childhood perspective, uh, is enthusiasm and, um, ability to, to take an idea and expand upon it really, you know, uh, I think it's something that I've got instilled in me. Cool. So tell me about app to pay then. Cause I know Martin beforehand kind of sort of pre-filled me in a little bit, but I'd like to hear it obviously in your words, like, uh, App to pay really came about through our need for a, a solution that wasn't there. Uh, our, our family business is a, a designer fashion boutique in Bawtree called Robinsons of Bawtree. Um, we've had that now for coming up, I think, 12 years. So about five years ago, uh, we noticed a real shift in, in the customers that were coming through the door, going from a, um, a, a customer that could just spend money quite freely without really needing a reason for it to a more aspiration customer someone that would would want to buy items that were a handbag at maybe a thousand pounds but as as it either have to be a really special occasion purchase or it would be something that was just not quite they couldn't justify it um we looked at a few different options and at the time planner and, and similar kind of things weren't really in the mainstream and, and weren't really in in place for uh, small independent businesses like ourselves um so we went with traditional retail finance uh, we introduced that on uh, one range of products, which was Mulberry handbags on ladies wear. And we saw a huge increase. We uh, doubled our sales from around 150,000 a year to 300,000 a year, uh, just on that one line of products, which was great. But when we looked at it, um, and it was something that I was leading in store, when, when, I looked at the prob- when I looked at the process the customers were going through, there were some real issues that I sort of spotted and areas for, for improvement, I thought. So... Customers would come in store and they'd want to buy a handbag on finance. You'd say, okay, which handbag do you want? They'd say, you tell me how much I can have and I'll tell you which bag I want. It, finance doesn't really work like that. Retail, uh, traditional retail finance, you pick an item, you apply for credit for that specific item, for that line of credit, and you're either approved or declined. Um, if someone's declined in store, that's hugely embarrassing for them. Um, and in many cases, that, that person's not going to come back in the store. Um, if they're approved, you then have the problem where they go, oh, great, could I also add this to it? Which then is a whole new application for the two items combined. So again, we're missing out on sales with good customers or good potential customers, should I say. Um, 
also people wanted to be able to to choose their repayment period with a bit more flexibility than what uh, traditional retail finance offered them so we were offering it on six nine ten or twelve months um some people just wanted to spread the payment over a couple of months some people wanted the full 12 months with traditional retail finance once you've picked your repayment period you really kind of that's it you're repaying it over that period and to make an overpayment is quite a hassle and a pain um so what i did was uh sketched out what i thought the perfect solution would look like uh on a, on a pad then eventually put that onto post-it notes so that it would be each post-it note was a screen uh you know you tap this bit and it'd do that you'd do this and it clicked it you know it'd do that and, and sort of demoed the system uh to a few people in in just that way once i had sort of ironed that out i then kind of committed it to a more to a more thorough uh wireframe a digital wireframe that i could show people so that the the overall process really was or the goal of the process sorry was to to take away the application process from being in store so it was done away from the store at the user's home so that then if they're if they decline there's no chance of embarrassment nobody needs to know they've applied and been, been knocked back it's just one of those things we've not lost a customer there and they've not lost a place to shop if they're approved that we would want to give them the freedom to spend as much or as little of that um, line of credit as they wanted and to 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 um to to spread the cost over whatever period was was good for them so you apply for a line of credit with app to pay and you're approved for say a thousand pounds you don't have to come in and spend the entire thousand pounds in one go you can spend 200 pounds today leave it a few months make a few payments off it you can then come back in and spend the you know the balance of that whenever you want um each purchase you make you choose your repayment period between two and 12 months and then we automatically collect by direct debit over that period as the repayments come in the credit comes becomes available again so you can come in and make more purchases with that same revolving line of credit um to do an overpayment so say you uh, a lot of our customers will they'll, they'll have like bonuses every every now and again with work so they might put something on app to pay pay it for a few months as they planned and then get a bonus and then clear the account that's all done within the app there's no human interaction as such it is literally just click a few buttons and then clear your account as soon as you make that payment all of your credit then is available to go again um so it's really uh, the way we used to describe it was spend it like a credit card repay it like a loan and really that that's that was the sort of um the the, the sort of feeling behind it was we wanted the spendies of a credit card with a structured repayment of a loan so that people could uh, more easily manage their finances and plan their their outgoings for for the period ahead of them um, from experience when you buy something on credit card on a credit card you might put put it on a credit card and say right i'm going to pay this off over six months and you know i'm going to pay x amount a month and that'll be that it'll all be all be fine and dandy you pay maybe the first month then the second month comes around and you've got other things you want you've had the benefit of that initial purchase and then your priorities have changed with app to pay we wanted to take that away we wanted to put that structure in place so that the debt was never accum accumulating it uh, the debt was never rolling over it was always being repaid capital was always reducing um it's interest free to the consumer is the other um big thing uh so the retailer effectively pays the the uh the interest on for the for the consumer through um retailer fees this sounds i mean i think it's brilliant you're obviously part of that kind of group of people and group of uh, startups bringing a level of user experience to finance. I mean, traditionally, it's yeah. always been very, there's always been a lot of friction 
in those uh, in those uh, processes some for probably good reason you yeah. know like yeah. um, you can't you, you want some level of friction with i guess getting some form of credit but that has always been with a really bad user experience as well yeah um but i'm just interested um what's have you got a background in finance or what's that jump been like working in kind of retail that you normally work in your day to day to going into like such a complex financial product like that um really difficult to be honest uh so um i've got no background in, in finance whatsoever the closest thing i have was uh, i've got another business um that I, well, I had another business that i ran that was in claims management that was a regulated uh, you know, uh business function uh so i was regulated by the ministry of justice as it was then uh that was the closest thing that i that i'd experienced with that um but really I think with with App to Pay, we, I tried to take a very much a retailer and consumer focused approach rather than a finance focused approach. What was the best solution for the consumer and what's the best solution for the retailer? And then how do I make that fit into a, uh, a framework that's compliant with the FCA regulations? When I, when I was first demoing the, the system to people that were already established in the industry, uh, immediately there was a whole load of, are oh, you going to struggle to do this? You're going to struggle to do that. That's going to be impossible to do in that way. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, very, very quickly, um, created a system that was fully compliant, that did everything that I wanted it to do and, um, did it in a way that was, that was very, very low friction for the, for the end user. I always took a view. The feedback I'm going to get from people that are already in the industry is going to be tainted by the industry. If you're already ingrained in an industry, you 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 see you only see things through one framework. Um, I took this to uh, some people that do traditional retail finance to get their feedback, and all they could do was look at it through a traditional retail finance lens. Um, I spoke to some people that that operate um, co-branded credit cards, and all they could look at it was nobody wants a fixed fixed term re, a fixed repayment plan on a purchase. They could only look at it through a credit card perspective. Um, I think coming at it from a fresh perspective and, and not being afraid to be wrong um, and, and taking that on board and then looking for the solutions, it's, so far it's proved as, proved as well. Um, it, it's really, uh, I think you've, you've got to believe in the idea and you've got to understand that not everybody's going to be as enthusiastic for it as you are but you've got to, your own belief has got to take you through that process. Mm. I mean, that's the core of disruption, I suppose, isn't it? If you look at yeah. some yeah. of the big guys who've disrupted entire industries, you think of something like Airbnb, none of those guys worked in the hospitality or hotel industry. You know, there were design students and stuff just trying to like just rent out their spare room and stuff. So having those fresh perspective kind of brings the, you can see the wood through the trees, I guess, um, yeah. by not being kind of, having the blinkers up because oh you can't do that because of this you can't do that because of this i mean we when we did our initial fca application we argued with the fca for probably six months about the fact that we should be regulated they they were arguing that we shouldn't and we <laughs> said we should uh which you know that's probably the first time that's ever happened <laughs> um uh, and at the end of it they the our initial application um was to operate from our own store with our own stock and in a very limited way it was kind of like a sort of trial uh, of this of this model um and we had to sign a thing to say they're telling us we don't need to be regulated we're insisting that we do now it falls that the whole industry is you know Klarna, etc they're all opting now in for, reg for regulation um so again we were our regulation came through i think in um, april of, of 2019 
the application process started in about June of uh, 18. So it was a really long process to get that done. Um, but our, our whole thing has always been, it's for the consumer. We need to give the consumer protection for the things they're buying and that we need to do things in a way that's very responsible. The best way to ensure that is by adhering to proper regulation. Sounds like um, a lot of responsibility at the moment. So well, what's that founding team look like? What's the team look like? What's your support network look like? Um, so <laughs> it's quite a, um, we're a very, very small team uh, in, in-house. There's quite literally two of us in here full time. Uh, myself and Dom. Uh, Dom worked at the original agency that developed the platform. Uh, there were some changes made at the agency. Dom decided he wanted to leave uh, and we, we offered Dom a position. Um, so he's been full time with us now for just over a year. Um, beyond that, it's really a group of sort of semi-informal advisors uh, who've really come around from uh, just putting myself out and about, going to different places and, and trying to meet people, talking about what I'm trying to do. Um, and then you get people that, are, that that don't believe in the pro, that don't believe what's what we're doing, and then you get people that really do believe it. One of the first people that we went with that I spoke to was a guy called McAllender. His background is all in credit scorecards. So when you apply for a line of credit, be it a mortgage, a loan, uh, to get a, credit, a contract phone, whatever, there's all different scorecards that you're marked against, and Mick basically creates them. Um, it just so happens he lives about two miles away from where I live. Uh, found him on LinkedIn, sent him a friendly message, and he very kindly offered us um, a couple of hours of his of his time to to give us some advice. That really, on the back of that that conversation, that was really the groundwork of our scorecard that we created. Um, he didn't give us any specific, uh, you know, here's here's a scorecard, go and use that. He told us the uh, the sort of theory of what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve and all the different data points that are important to look at told us what how we need to do told us what we need to do didn't necessarily tell us how we do it we then went out and created our own scorecard and it's it's still what we use today uh, and to as of right now we're on something like 99.8 uh, percent of uh, our loans are all repaid uh, there's a very very small fraction of loans that are, that are late payments um, so Touchwood, it's working working for us so far. So with that support network, something that's interesting. What was did you share some of the early either early wireframes or the kind of first inclinations of the of the app with those network? And what was like the most surprising thing that someone brought up to you? Yeah, it, uh, the, the initial meetings were all just that. I think we use Envision um, as a um, as a platform to show people uh, the 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 plan uh, and that is quite literally it's essentially a powerpoint presentation on your phone uh, you you design your screens click different places and it just forwards through to another screen allowing you to kind of tell the story of what you're wanting to do uh, in a way that feels like it's a working app um, that was the basis of all of our conversations uh, to begin with um, and that really um, it, it gave us the confidence based on the feedback we received to then commit to the initial build um, things that were really brought up were mainly around uh, regulate, regulatory compliance. Uh, how can you show somebody a 10-page legal agreement on a screen that is you know, in the palm of your hand? Um, it's really down to, um, it's, it's things that uh, you wouldn't necessarily think of in uh, being an outsider, but it's all the, all the bits that, um, that people that are living this day-to-day -day, uh, come across all the time. Um, and yeah, we 
we we just work, kept working and working and working and going back to the regulator, going back to our advisors to say, you know, do we think this is right? Do we think that's right? Is this clear enough? Is this language correct, et cetera? Um, uh, and just kept going back uh, until it was right. Um, and really that process took us from, uh, as I say, uh, June of 18 through till April 19, when we were able to launch. So that early prototyping phase, that's something that we talk a lot um, about um, not only as a company, but also uh, on this podcast about prototyping and testing out your ideas before you commit to, right, I'm going to go build something and put yeah. it on the app store. And I'm going to spend three months building it perfect without knowing that even if you've got the right things on there, let alone if it's a, an idea that can turn into a scalable business. So do you, what was your experience of that early prototyping thing? And do you think it's something that other startups and people in similar situation where you were, you know, however months ago, do you think it's something other people starting startups should do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, if I'm honest, I wish we'd have gone further down the process with the, um, with the, the completely non-working prototype, the, the quite literally screenshots. I wish we'd have pushed a little bit further on with that um, because I think it could have guided us to skip a few bits of, initial development that were ended up being a bit of a waste of time um we we went from having the the essentially screenshots of, of pages that could i could click through and tell someone what it's going to do we went from that to a semi-automated process where from a customer perspective everything was automated the reality was when you applied for a line of credit it came through to my phone to say someone's just applied log into the admin area i'd then log in manually assess all the information they provided against the credit scorecard that we had created, uh, run some figures through a spreadsheet that I'd created to assess how much credit we should extend to them. And then manually I'd input that and either or manually accept or decline them. Um, we did that, run it like that for probably uh, about six months or so. Uh, and that was really, really important for me to understand all the intricacies of the, the process we, we put in place that we're going to automate, I need to know it inside and out so that when it's automated and something comes out that I'm, I've not expected, a result comes out that isn't as expected, I can trace back and see, oh, hang on, this is this is why this has happened. Um, so yeah, that, um, that initial prototyping stage, uh, you can get some really great feedback and you can get some really unique insight into, into what you're doing uh, by showing people those kinds of um, prototypes so where did that process come from was that something that you drove or was that from dom or one of the advisors that kind of told you to go down that route um the initial prototyping of uh of the process was very much led by myself in terms of the the flow the technical development once we were actually committed to the to the build was was where dom and um, the the original uh, agency that we used uh, they came into it um the uh, advisors really uh, were, were present throughout in different capacities. Uh, some some of them were quite literally just in, encouraging and yet yeah, you're onto something here, keep going, yeah, uh, and what have you. Others with a more, more specific uh, detailed uh, feedback. Um, so yeah, I, I think everybody sort of played their own part in that. Uh, but the initial development was very much, um, or the initial concept development was very much myself. So just um, maybe jumping around a little bit, but something interesting you yeah. said a little bit earlier about um, the fact that from a consumer's point of view, 
there's no interest, there's no fees, which is obviously different to pretty much, I would say, most of the experience that people have with any kind of type of credit. Um, you always expect yeah. to pay back more than what you've borrowed, whether it's credit card, yeah. loan, whatever. So what's the challenge been with trying to, I really like the idea of switching that cost onto the retailer, because um, obviously it gives you a massive uplift over anyone else offering similar lines of credit um, because there's no interest, no fees. But what's the challenge with obviously switching that cost to a retailer and trying to get the retailer to um, basically take that hit? Um, so from experience as a retailer, uh, we know that um, we have a certain level of margin in every sale we do. Um, obviously, offering interest-free finance, we're able to push for high, higher ticket value sales. So we're willing to sacrifice a little bit of margin. Um, the difference really being with app to pay compared to other uh, retail finance providers or other similar products, once a, once a customer has been into a store and used it in, in a given store, that store can then opt or the, the, the consumer can then opt to receive ongoing marketing from that store. Um, so for instance, uh, one, of the, one of the use cases that I developed app to pay for is a cycle retailer. So typically a cyclist will, a new cyclist will go in, buy an entry level bike, and then over a period of time, they'll make a, a whole series of upgrades to the, you know, the wheels, the handlebars, the seat, et cetera. That's quite a predictable sales journey for the retailer to 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 engage with so if i go into my local cycle shop and buy a bike they're going to know right if james really gets the bug give it a couple of months he's going to want some new some faster wheels or he's going to want a different saddle he's going to want better handlebars they can then engage with me through app to pay to to encourage that um and then the, the whole point would be that because the line of credit is tied to app to pay and that's tied to specific retailers it ties the consumer back to that retailer so it then creates that that relationship between the retailer and the consumer that is an ongoing um, ongoing relationship. Um, we're I think part of the reason that that's come to be is because we're in a position where we see the entire customer journey from app to pay's perspective, where we can market to new consumers. We see the retailer's journey and the consumer's journey where they've got a line of credit with app to pay. They come into our store, they engage with the staff, they buy the product, they then repay to app to pay. And then it's for the store to remarket to the, to the consumer to bring them back in and over and over. Um, to date, our, I think our best customer in the sort of two years roughly that we've been uh, that we've been launched, I think our best customers had about eight purchases with us. Um, and it, it's it, it really is um, turning into a, a, a quite a um, a reliable source of sales for Robinsons for our own store. And now the goal the goal in 2020 was to roll out. <laughs> Um, yeah, which didn't quite happen, uh, obviously. Um, Is there any benefits of not actually rolling out that you've been able to, you know, obviously with the pandemic, has it given you some space to do some thinking or look at the data? Yeah, I mean, my thing from the very beginning has always been, I want to prove this with our own money before we start taking anybody else's money on. I think there's there's so many people out there that have a, a glimmer of an idea and they, they're so keen to go out, oh, I'm the founder of this, I'm the founder of that raise some money and go out and go and spend it. Um, for me personally, uh, having been through a few different um, businesses myself, having seen you know, things with my dad growing up or what, what have you, I think you, you've got to be willing to put your money where your mouth is. Certainly if, you, if, you, if you're able to, <laughs> you know, if you're not able to, yeah, great, go out and finance, you know, go out and raise some finance. If you have a source of income that's able to, to, to roll these things, then you should really put your money where your mouth is. Um, 
being having this extra kind of period of time to uh, to look at what we've done, we've put in some improved fraud detection uh, measures. That again, that's something we've we've built bespoke. Uh, we've put in a whole uh, updated our whole collection system so that it's um, it flows a lot better from a data from a back end perspective. Um, there's a whole a whole raft of things that we that we were able to to develop um, and really my I guess one of my biggest problems is for every idea I have it generates two new ideas uh, so it, it's kind of oh if we did this then that would allow us to do that and then if we did that that would allow us to do this and, and it just never ends so Dom is forever um, you know he ticks one thing off of his uh, development list and there's three more have appeared before the end of the day um, you know it really is a, uh, a, a never-ending cycle of uh, of of development and and again that's something that we knew from the very outset it's not something you develop and then it's done it's a constant evolution uh because people are going to try and rip you off in all different new ways every 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 day people are going to misunderstand things things are going to change platforms are going to get updated etc uh, or os is going to get updated etc it's just a constant a constant stream of reasons to develop new functions and processes and what have you. One of the beauties of software, I think, as well, I mean, we've worked in software for years and years and years, and it's still something I think that people don't really feel how lucky they are. It's if obviously you guys are in retail and, you know, if you make a lovely designer handbag, as soon as you made that and it goes on the presses to be mass produced, that's it. If you've not done something right, you've You've, you've you've created 10,000 units of that of that item but the beauty of, beauty of software is you can try other things because you know within a week a month you can make that change and edit it and also you can gather data on how people are using it it's some of the businesses of you know not we I think people don't realize the look that they've got being able to access all that and be able to make changes to software which it, is such a benefit I guess really but also brings its own challenges right yeah you know you're expected the you're expected to create a lot of things you've obviously got a lot of feedback and things to manage and um I'm interested in this idea of you um just going back a little bit um about you saying um almost like bootstrapping this yourself so I I am I right in thinking you've got no kind of outside investment this is all just from you uh, yeah, it's. Um, a, a, I guess you would call it family and friends. Um, so it's essentially funded by uh, our own business. Um, so it's our effectively our own money. Um, yeah, uh, essentially, I think we're our current investment in this is around two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, all the money we lend is our own money. Um, so we are really you know, quite heavily invested in um, in the success of of App to Pay. So that's quite. Um... I mean, we do have a lot of people on, especially on this show, and also people that we work with as a company who are in that kind, who do that kind of uh, approach, really, essentially family and friends, really bootstrapping it themselves. Um, and then we have some that kind of do that at the very start and then go on to seek wider investment. Is that something that you've, um, it sounds like something you did on a, almost like a, by personal choice, you'd rather do it like that. And what are the kind of challenges do you think that startups who go down that route what are the kind of benefits and also challenges that it can get instead of instantly going, right, I need to go find some big money to get behind this. Um, I think if you have pots and pots of money available, then the temptation is to just go and spend it. I think by doing it in a way that you, every penny you spend is a penny you've earned. Um, it forces you to, to think about decisions probably um, in a slightly different way. Um, I think that 
if you're not willing to 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 sort of back yourself and the people that the immediate people around you aren't willing to back you then really why would anybody else uh and that uh, my my thought has always been to take it as far as we possibly can on our own back and then bring people in when we can turn around and say look we've currently let out we, we've currently um lent out x number of um, made x number of loans we've got this this amount of credit usage uh this is our bad debt rate this is our these are our processes for all these different possible outcomes that gives them a much better position to to make a decision as to whether to to invest or not the the point at which we are planning to to take investment on really is kind of now um and as much as we when we now have the the relevant uh, regulatory permissions to expand into more stores beyond our own um we're now in a position where our own funds aren't going to allow us to to expand much further in terms of le- lending money um so really we've taken it to the point that we we can uh, and it's now uh, it, it's also allowed us to be in a position where anybody new coming in can can have a much more rounded view of the of the business um, so they can make a more educated decision. Um, so just on the kind of, um, I, I take it you, you guys are in beta, am I correct? Like at the moment, you kind of... Effectively, yeah. Yeah, so is this kind of, so I suppose this is kind of a two-part question. One is, is this the kind of first sort of digital product that you've launched in this sort of way? And also what has been the kind of um, biggest learnings you've got from this beta period? Yeah. Uh, so the other, um, the claims management uh, business that I set up was entirely digital. Uh, there was no uh, you know, physical interaction with anybody, uh, but that effectively was a landing page and some Google AdWords. Um, and it, it ran for a number of years and it, there was nothing really clever about it. It just was what it was. Um, this is the, the first thing where it's, um, very very technical um you know that there's a number number of different systems that interact with each other in quite complex ways to ensure that we're only making good lending decisions and that when anything happens we're able to turn around to a regulator should we need to and say this is the reason that decision was made these are the inputs these are the different variables and that's 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 the decision and we'll stand by it um so yeah absolutely that this is the the first the, the, certainly the, the the biggest and most technical projects that i've ever taken on uh dom with his background he's taken on some some very similar things but i think um it would probably be a, a not dissimilar position for him um although the the sort of uh the liability of any bad decision making does fall very much with with myself so is obviously being part of um like you said this is kind of a newish uh, relatively new thing is if have you always had an interest in software and the kind of digital space though because it seems like it's quite a big leap to take if you've not had a you know a kind of background working in it for 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 a while yeah so as a kid my hero was bill gates i think i was 12 when i read his biography um yeah but very much uh i've always been into 12 year old (laughs) yeah yeah i I, I show you i'm not the best uh yeah it's um from from a very young age very very much liked computers um we had we're lucky lucky enough to have one in the house quite early on um and when we had free reign of that i think we got a summer phone bill that was i think 900 pounds <laughs> i'd been on the internet all the time uh but yeah very much like loved computers from an early age like to take them apart see how things worked um try and put them back together again um 
so yeah, it, it's whilst I'm not a pro a developer myself, uh, I have a, 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 a relatively okay understanding of how different things work and how different things need to interact with each other. Um, our, our sort of typical process for me wanting to create a new function of app to pay is quite literally to sketch it out, do that initial um, prototyping thing, uh, prototyping process, uh, and then go through it verbally with Dom. Uh, he will then translate that into different, oh, this needs to be this language, that needs to be that, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a big leap. It's something I wish I could do myself. I just, I don't have the patience um, to, to, to learn that kind of stuff um yeah uh, i think what i'm from a very early age i've never struggled with coming up with ideas uh the the, the sort of biggest challenge i guess is picking the good ones and the bad ones um you know uh, through i had a short stint at university in nottingham uh and tried various different business ideas um i think the the one that kind of got away in that regard was uh sorry going slightly off topic <laughs> Uh, the one that kind of got away in that regard. Uh, I wanted to set up a group of com a group of businesses that helps students earn money passively, and one of those was uh, an idea called Debo Tees. So it was going to be a T-shirt brand where um, users could submit ideas for T-shirts. The community as a, as a whole would vote on them, and each month, different t different designs would get made, and you'd have a route for a load of pre-sales and what have you. Um, another idea I had at the same time was a thing called Student Calendar. Uh, and that would be something that happened in all different universities across the country. They'd vote for their like 12 hottest girls, 12 hottest guys, and then there'd be product placements throughout the photos that were shot. Uh, and you could get local venues to put, you know, pay to put different um, events on the calendar as a pre-populated thing. Um, I couldn't decide which one to do. I flipped a coin basically and went with the calendar idea. Uh, it got absolutely nowhere. It was a total flat failure. Um, and then about three years later, uh, I've, saw a copy of, I think it was like Entrepreneur or Fast Company or one of these magazines. Uh, and it said, oh, the, the most innovative business idea, uh, business model of a, of a decade, of a generation or something like that. And it was for Threadless, uh, which is exactly the, the concept that I'd come up with, um, yeah, uh, with the t-shirts. I don't know if you're aware of them. Um, but, sorry, I've gone totally off on a tangent there. Um, yeah, ideas have never been an issue. It's always been, sticking to sticking to what what it is that that i want to achieve um and i think with app to pay it's really something that i truly truly believe in i believe it is the best way to make a purchase it's not the best way to make everyday purchases but as a as a considered aspirational purchase so you want to get into golf it allows you to buy the better golf clubs without you know breaking the bank and you know what have you if you're into handbags and designer fashion it allows you to always be on the seasonal trend without having to constantly be um you know uh, sort of scrimping and saving it, you know putting yourself out there the initial concept really was allow our customers at robinson's to come in at the beginning of a season buy everything they want split it over six months and then come back at the next at the beginning of next season and do it all again uh, and, and tie the customer into us um, I think that really the the app to pay concept is something that works as a as a wider concept. So you have one app to pay account and you can use it in a whole number of retailers. Or equally, you could say it could be used in a way that's almost like a store card. The line of credit is tied to one specific retailer. You, the customer is loyal to that retailer. They come back again and again and again and again. Um, really, that that was the the initial concept. So what's the roadmap look like? next 12 months 
<laughs> you tell me, Christ. Uh, the 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 plan is is to effectively what we wanted to do in 2020 to do in 2021, uh, with the benefit of having a little bit more development time, etc. Uh, we're going to be rolling out into new retailers, um, probably geographically rather than uh, via niche. So we're going to focus on building up a, a network of retailers to create an environment where consumers in that area can move between different retailers. Um, you know, there'll be a homeware uh, retailer, there'll be a cycling retailer, a golf retailer, an electronics retailer. There'll be all different niches of retail so that once you have an app to pay account, you can move freely between these retailers. Um, and make whatever purchase you you feel necessary. Um, I think with app to pay, we're trying to catch consumers at the beginning of their um, consumer journey as such. So when you're in your sort of maybe early twenties, it's more hobby focused and leisure focused. As you progress, you maybe um, go use it for, in a, for to fund travel and um, maybe fund a wedding, etc. Different aspects of that. As you have a kid, you can then fund, you know, the the pushchair and whatever pram purchase, uh, and then progress that through until you you're back to having free time again after your kids have grown up. Uh, you can get back into um, whatever it is that you were into. Um, we really want to capture and look after our customers in such a way that they they don't see any other reason to go to another lender. Um, with a lot of traditional retail finance lenders when you interact with them it's purely by chance because they happen to be the provider at that specific retailer you could prove yourself to be a really good um a really good customer for them for the for the lender they're not going to get you back until you happen upon them again without to pay we want you to take the finance in your pocket and then uh, and then you know have that wherever you go and um, i think that's really one of the key things for us is make it easy for them to have the credit available when they need it I think that's an amazing sort of mission. And I think the value that you're giving to your customers as well, um, you know, like the, that lifelong value as well. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea and um, yeah. wish you all the success with it. We'll definitely be following the journey. Yeah, cool. I think that's a good place to leave it. It's been, it's been great listening to you, man. Um, it's been great hearing about everything that you guys have been doing. And like Martin says, we wish you luck. And we, yeah, we'd love to have you back on um, in the future, hopefully when things get back to some sort of normal and you know you can start rolling things out but yeah it's been great talking to you brilliant appreciate right. it cheers mate thank you cheers guys right. thank, thank you, you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.